The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Monster Monday presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. It is a new week, which means we will have new winners We'll have a new spread the word winner. That's someone that just retweets me or Brian at Ross Tucker NFL at Ross Tucker pod or likes one of our posts on Instagram, Twitter, whatever the case may be. Facebook, even facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. We also will have a sponsor confirmation email winner. Maybe it's someone that takes advantage of the code Ross at DraftKings. Why not? You get that $1,000 bonus, which is pretty sweet. You could be the sponsor confirmation email winner this week, which should be awesome. Speaking of winners, by the way, you can all be winners in the game of life if you're part of the virtual happy hour we are going to have on Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern time, all of the tuckheads from our private Slack channel are going to be there. You can be there as well. Just go to patreon.com slash RT Media. Sign up at the tuckheads level. You'll be a part of our private group. You'll be able to have access to our Slack channel. And then that is where we will send out the link for Wednesday's virtual happy hour. I would love, 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 love to meet as many of you as I can. Love meeting new listeners, new diehards. And, I, dude, I like having beer with anybody, but I especially like having beer with people that listen and enjoy the show. So please sign up at patreon.com slash rtmedia. By the way, it's pretty timely that we're having another virtual happy hour because the last virtual happy hour we had, we actually had the Rucci family on, and that's my friend Todd, who started eight years for the Patriots, and his wife Stacy, and his boys Hayden, who's a freshman at Wisconsin, just finished his freshman year, and Nolan, who is actually today's big show. As you know, I like to change things up 
every once in a while. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. And I thought, wouldn't it be interesting or different for you guys to hear what it's like to be a 17-year-old that is supposedly a projected first-round pick in the 2000-whatever NFL draft uh, at some point, whenever he would enter the draft. So only 17 years old. He is six eight and a quarter. I'll ask him how much he weighs. I should mention, by the way, that those of you that have signed up to get our emails uh, from RossTucker.com, you'll find out about this as well. But we got a YouTube page now, and the interview with Nolan Rucci will also be available on YouTube. So very much looking forward to you guys being able to, to check out me talking with Nolan if you want to actually be able to watch it too and just see how big he is, see how much bigger he is than me. Uh, but anyway, that is what we'll be doing on uh, today. You can check it out on YouTube. So check that out on YouTube today and subscribe and then be a part of the virtual happy hour on Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time. I got to decide what beers I'm going to have. Right? There's, I got a lot of choices. Other than that, let's get into it. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. So, as promised, now joined by arguably, and in my opinion, the number one ranked high school offensive lineman in the country, Nolan Rucci from Warwick High School in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Lidditz to be specific. Nolan, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. Really appreciate it. Appreciate it, Austin. Uh, thank you for having me on. It's great to be here. Dude, you look like a total monster, by the way. I mean, it's weird because you're one of the first guys, like, in eighth grade, you were so skinny. Yeah. And now, like, it's unbelievable just to watch how much your body has changed the last couple of years. Uh, how much you weighing right now? And do you kind of feel like – do you feel a lot different than you did last year or the year before? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that kind of comes down to, uh, you know, stop growing because at, there was that one point where I was probably growing like an inch an inch or two a year. And so now that well, got a chance to slow down a little bit, uh, definitely being able to put on some weight. And I think since the season, I probably um, packed on close to 25 pounds. Um, I got end of the season probably around 260 and now I'm uh, uh, 295. Yeah, well, you look awesome. And I, I told the listeners earlier, I, I like to give them a little different interviews every once in a while. You know, we talk NFL all the time. What about a guy that, you know, when you read all the scouting reports, they project you as a future first-round pick left tackle. When you read that, I mean, you're 17 years old. When you read that, what what do you think? Like, what, like when you read those reports on you and it says projects as a future first-round pick, what's going through your head? I mean – I, I think it's great to hear, and I, I really appreciate, you know, the people that are, you know, saying those things about me. But at the end of the day, I still got my senior year to play at high school. Um, you know, I got a lot of games, and um, I think one step at a time is, you know, wearing out those first and making sure I'm dominating every single play. And then, you know, I can maybe after I'm done my uh, senior season, I can start worrying about college, and then when I've done that, start worrying about the NFL. I think that's a really good approach to it. I, I'm curious, you know, when I was getting recruited – I remember thinking, well, I'm definitely not going to go to the NFL, so I might as well go to Harvard or Princeton if I can go to one of them for football. You're obviously in a very different situation where the NFL seems like it, it might be realistic. 
and I think your approach of high school now, then college, then then see what happens is the right one. How much do you look, you know, the colleges you're looking at, how much do you consider how many offensive linemen that they put in the NFL, what their offensive line pedigree is, how many guys have had success in the NFL along the offensive line? Is that a big factor for you? Is that something that you you look at and and highly consider? Yeah, you know, I'd say that somewhat plays a part in it. And obviously, I think that comes down to, you know, a lot of the coaching staff um, and not only coaching staff, but the type of guys that they attract to, you know, their team. And, um, I, yeah, I think you can definitely see that in a lot of schools. And luckily enough, um, you know, out of the options I have, I feel like, you know, a lot of them are, uh, you know, to that standard and uh, very uh, fortunate to be in that situation. Well, speaking of fortunate to be in that situation, your dad, Todd, who – is a good friend of mine here in central Pennsylvania. Uh, not only played at Penn State, but you know started 75-plus games for the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl against the Packers at right guard for eight straight years in New England. What are the pros and cons of having your dad you know, be a former NFL player as a guy that's now playing football like yourself? Um, well, I think obviously a lot of experience. Um, he's been my coach, I think, all the way up through um, midget football that now to high school. Um, and so I feel like I've learned so much more um, just as an offensive lineman than I probably would have anybody else, just because, you know, he played so long in the NFL and had that great college career. Um, and so I've definitely been uh, super fortunate, um, you know, to have my dad as a uh, – as an offensive line coach. Um, and I'm sure, you know, it's definitely helped me a lot, you know, not only technique wise, but I think, um, you know, looking up to him and I think he set a great example for me, um, to, you know, kind of strive towards as I'm, uh, you know, playing. And um, I think that's, you know, helped motivate me a lot. Are there any negatives to it, Nolan, whether that's pressure or I guess if your dad's always been your coach, you probably haven't had any of the coaches saying, what would your dad say about that? Or you, you know, like, you know, I, I just, I know that sometimes there are concerns about that. Have you ever felt pressure to play football, to play a certain way, to play at a certain level because of what your dad was able to accomplish? Yeah. And I think if anything, I think he expects higher of me um, just because, um, you know, where I'm at in my situation. I think he knows that I can perform at a certain level and I should be doing that every single play. And if, I do anything less than that, then I, I, it's obviously a mess up and I should be doing more. Um, so, but I think, I, I, honestly, I think that's a good thing that, you know, he's holding me to such a high standard. And I think I need to start doing that to myself, um, you know, because I think that motivation definitely helps you get better. So I've, I think I've only ever been to one of your games in person. And it seemed like your dad was pretty calm. You know, I, I just wonder, what what's he like during the week? What's he like, you know, game night uh, before the game? Because I got to tell you, man, I think God gave me two girls for a reason. If I had a son playing high school football, I wouldn't sleep all week. I would hyperventilate during the game. I mean, I, I just wouldn't be able to handle it. Um, but it seems like your dad's actually pretty calm about things. Yeah. And yeah, he gets it out during practice week for sure. And, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, he, and plus he's been doing it since what we were in sixth grade. So he, he's gotten used to, uh, to coaching Hayden and I when we were coming up. And so I, I'm pretty sure he's used to it by now. How much technique work do you do 
with him, with your brother? Because uh, I think looking back on it, I don't know that I really realized how important technique was until my rookie year in the NFL. And so I tell high school kids and college players now, I mean, technique is so important. It's such a differentiator at the highest level. And I think when I was younger, I got by, you know, based mainly on just my, my physical ability. Yeah. And absolutely. I think, um, you know, unfortunately with, you know, the given circumstances, not being able to take um, recruiting visits and stuff like that actually uh, helped me out in that department. Cause uh, my, I had my older brother Hayden uh, come home and, um, you know, fortunate we have a, a very nice uh, lifting setup in our basement. We have like half a turf um, and then they have like a rubber mat with a bunch of like uh, squat rack and weights and stuff like that. So I've been able to do anything I would be doing at my high school setup and have my older brother back and my dad, you know, all in the same house. Um, been running some uh, individual periods downstairs um, sometimes. And that, that was great um, when my older brother is back because I worked a lot of technique and obviously going against someone, you know, is your size and your weight and um, has, you know, played a, a college season. Um, it definitely helped me a lot in the technique department. You mentioned uh, one of the benefits of everything that's happened with the coronavirus. What's been the negatives? I mean, I know, uh, I, I think this spring you were going to take a lot of visits and then maybe even make a decision after you took those visits before yeah. your season how have things changed? Um, how much of a, a fly in the ointment has the virus been for what you were hoping to do recruiting wise? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, uh, you know, definitely affected me um, a lot because, uh, as you said, that whole spring period was supposed to be, you know, a lot of unofficial and official visits and getting a chance to, I think, really finalize that recruiting process. And then hopefully by the end of uh, by the end of June or beginning of July, I'd have a, a commitment decision. Um, but obviously, none of those visits ever happened, and um, the spring period kind of got, um, you know, delayed. And then, so it's not looking really uh, right now until the beginning of the season is when we'll start being able to take some visits again. So um, the decision may um, actually have to wait until then. Um, but I, I, guess, I yeah, it, it's, it has been tough not being able to take those visits. But obviously, as, as I said before, there has been some benefits, not like, you know, with lifting with my older brother and then actually doing a lot of like Zoom calls with uh, professors and coaches and stuff. And I've actually learned a lot about programs and, you know, not not in the sense of, you know, getting on campus and having those in-person experiences. But I guess informationally, I definitely learned a lot. So it's funny, as you know, I've got a business, Go Big Recruiting. I started a while ago. So I talk to kids a lot and parents throughout the recruiting process. You've been, I mean, there were schools that wanted to offer you a scholarship really before you even played uh, uh, in, in high school football in 10th grade. And then you got a bunch of them after a few games. So you've been getting recruited for a couple of years now. Are you still loving it? Are you like over it and sick of it or somewhere in the middle? Um, I'd say somewhere in the middle because I'm definitely still really enjoying the process, um, you know, and recruiting and everything. But, um, you know, I think sometimes when you're getting like, you know, eight phone calls a day from coaches and stuff like that, and you got to keep up and remember all the calls you have scheduled for that week, it does get a little tedious sometimes. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of recruits that right now probably feel the same way. Um but yeah, I think um, 
I, I've loved it the entire process. You know, I, I don't think anybody is truly having, um, you know, a true recruiting process right now until we're start, you know, being able to take visits again, uh, just because it's such a strange time to be a, a football recruit. That's for sure. So do you feel a lot of pressure in the sense that, you know, you're the number one ranked player in Pennsylvania, arguably the number one offensive lineman in the country, you know, you can pretty much go anywhere you want. You have all these scholarships. Every school wants you. Um, I don't know what that's like. Um, do you do you enjoy it? Or do you kind of feel pressure of everybody always asking you where you want to go, when you're going to make your decision? How are you handling everything? I've enjoyed it so far. Um, and I think it, for me, at least, it sets, you know, an expectation for the season that, you know, I have to perform, I have to do great. And I think that's a good motivator going into the off season is that, you know, um, I'm probably going to get, you know, everybody's best game. Um, so I think I have to work like that um, and practice like that, that, you know, I have to play at my highest level to you know succeed. And, uh, I think that's definitely helped me a lot. Um, how is it? Because I know you've already had to tell some schools that, you know, that you're not interested anymore. How hard is that? You know, just because I know uh, from knowing you for a long time, I, I know how long and how much time some of these schools yeah. have put in their recruiting. Like, I feel bad for them whenever you're going to say no to them or you're going to tell them wherever you're going, I'm going to be happy for you. And wherever you're not, I just feel bad for those guys a little bit because they've spent so much time talking to you. Yeah. And, those, yeah, those are really hard calls to make. And I, I, you know, when I narrowed down my top nine list, I had to make a lot of those calls. Um, but, you know, they're hard experiences that I think, you know, um, if you if you respect the programs that, you know, offered you and spent so much time recruiting you, I think you should do those calls. And um, I was surprised to hear from, you know, a lot of coaches that it's, uh, you know, sometimes a rare thing that a recruit, you know, would call them before narrowing down their list and basically asking them. Um, so I was, I was really glad I did the calls. And I think the feedback that I got from the coaches was, you know, even though it was, uh, I think it was tough for a lot of them to hear. I think I, I had a lot of great feedback, um, just, you know, out of respect, uh, for, you know, calling them and you know, thanking them personally for obviously for the recruitment and the offer, um, you know, before narrowing down my list. So even though, you know, they were hard calls to make, but I'm really glad I did them. So the irony, Nolan, is that you calling them to tell them that, just reinforces the type of kid you are, which makes them want you even more <laughs> as you're telling them, as you're telling them you're not going there. So most of the listeners to the Ross Tucker uh, football podcast, primarily NFL fans. So I, I thought it'd be interesting. How much NFL do you watch during the season? Um, honestly, not, I, well, I, I wouldn't say not as much as I should, but uh, you know, not nearly enough to uh, stay informed. Like I'll watch, I'm a, I'm a Patriots fan, but even then I'll watch like, uh, you know, their big games maybe. And then like, I don't watch any of the preseason really. And then obviously I'll watch if they're in the playoffs and the Super Bowl. But yeah, like I, I'm just, uh, I'm not on TV a whole lot. So I, just, I don't get up or catch up on the NFL games. And we can clarify, you're not really one of these Patriots bandwagon jumpers. Your dad kind of played for the team. Yeah, I have to be a Pats fan. And, you know, um, I respect Tom Brady for what he did, holding no anger again. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'll still support the team no matter what. <laughs> that's kind of uh, 
that's kind of lucky for you that the team your dad played for ended up being the best team by a lot over the next 20 years, you know, your whole, your whole life so far. Uh, last question, Nolan, would be, I know you said you don't watch the NFL that much. Are there guys that you look up to and or watch um, college, NFL, or maybe it's just old tapes of your dad? I don't know. Are, are there any guys who's, who, who you look up to in the NFL or otherwise? Yeah, and I think, you know, when, uh, you know, the Patriots were doing really well and um, I, Nate Solder, um, when he played for the Pats, that was a huge guy I looked to a lot just because uh, he was a great player and uh, he played for the Patriots. And now he's moved on. I still watch him a little bit. But um, what I've heard from a lot of coaches and, um, yeah, I guess some of the recruiting guys is that I draw a lot of, you know, comparisons to Mike Lugunchi. Um and I think in that Super Bowl game, just watching him, he definitely has a lot of talent. And I, I really like watching him. So I'll definitely uh, be keeping an eye on him the rest of the season. Well, both those guys are 6'8", and so are you. So those are really good guys to look yeah. to because that's uh, they have the same body type that you do. Uh, Nolan, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Uh, we don't do stuff like this very often, but uh, we've got so many different listeners. I like to give them a, a flavor of – a guy that maybe we'll be talking about uh, in a different way four or five years from now here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. You can check out Nolan on Twitter, at Nolan Rucci, if you want to follow and see where he ends up committing and signing uh, later on this year. Thanks so much, Nolan. Thank you for having me on. Man, I texted uh, I texted his dad after that interview and just said, I would be thrilled if my daughters, when they were 17, were able to conduct themselves or handle themselves as well as he did in that interview. Unbelievably impressive. And he's handled all the pressure, all the attention, a lot better than I would have, quite frankly. Um, whew, impressive. By the way, speaking of impressive, you can show me and Joe Dolan how impressive you are at fantasy football. We're picking two more people this Thursday on the Fantasy Feast podcast, the last two people to go against Joe and I in the June best ball tens draft. So let's see what you got, homeboy. Let's see what you can bring to the table. I'm going to kick your you-know-what. It's fantasypoints.com. Just make sure you use the code FEAST, all capitals, when you sign up. And then send it to me, Ross, at RossTucker.com. And tell me whatever you want. Ross, I'm going to take you down. Ross, you stink. Ross, I, I'm a, whatever you think will help you get, get picked, go for it. If you take advantage of any other sponsors, you make a deposit at DraftKings, you're pretty much locked in if you use the code Ross. You fantasypoints.com using the code FEAST. And you get the DraftKings app and use the code Ross, I can pretty much guarantee you'll get one of the spots. And if a bunch of people do it and it's the final two spots for this one, then you'll be first in line for the July Best Ball 10 draft. Let's get to the Tux Takes, Bri. Tux Takes. All right, we'll start today with the news that Dak Prescott will evidently be signing his franchise tag tender for $31.4 million today. Don't really understand it, to be honest with you. Um, I guess he wants to lock in that money. Maybe it's a good faith gesture on his part. But 
it doesn't really help the leverage, right? I mean, his leverage is that if they don't get him signed to a long-term deal, he can skip as much of training camp as he wants. As soon as he signs that, he no longer has that leverage. So I must say, I, I don't really understand it at all. Um, I guess maybe it's a show of good faith on his part. But, I mean, he's had a lot of shows of good faith. Played all year last year. I, I don't get it. I, I really don't. I'll be curious to hear what the logic and or strategy is. Or maybe he just knows, listen, there's no way I would skip training camp. I'm not even, I'm not even going to pretend like I would. I'll just sign it. Even though the only way his buddy Zeke got paid last year is by, wait for it, skipping training camp. Some other player news includes Seahawks rookie tight end Colby Parkinson breaking his foot. Niners wide receiver Richie James breaks his wrist. And Eagles tight end Dallas Goddard got sucker punched at a bar in South Dakota. So I don't know when all these injuries happened with Parkinson and James, but that's what happened. You know, I think we might just be finding out about them now. It might have happened earlier. I'm not sure. As for Dallas Goddard, I watched the video, and um, it's awful. It's awful. I'm glad there is a video. I'd like to think that the guy that punched him from the side um, will get arrested and prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law, as he should. It looked like Dallas Goddard. It looked like somebody Dallas Goddard. Somebody was getting up in his face, and he was like, "Hey, get, get, please, please step away." And then some guy came from the side and just absolutely popped Dallas Goddard. Uh, like I said, I hope A, I hope Dallas is okay. B, I hope that guy gets prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. And C, if I'm being honest, and I don't know if you guys know this much about me. I can maybe bring on some teammates or former coaches to tell you, but um, I don't I don't take to things like that real well. Like I I wish I would. This sounds bad, right? And this is not a mature 41 year old response to it. But when I watch a video like that, most people's instincts are, oh my gosh, that's awful. I'm glad I wasn't there, blah, blah, blah. My instinct is I get angry, I, I, I start to tense up, and I wish I was there, and I wish I had been a part of it. And I wish I was Dallas Goddard's friend and I was there. And after that guy hit him, I wish I would have had my 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 opportunity with the guy that sucker punched Dallas Goddard. And that's about as um, calmly as I can say that. Other league news includes the Patriots letting season ticket holders opt out this year, but keep their tickets. This year's QB Summit is going to take place virtually. These next two days and the NFLPA sent out a memo recommending players to not work out with each other right now. Well, Patriots are doing the right thing. Every team should do that. Right. I mean, if you know, they don't even know how many people are going to be allowed in the stadium, but they should make it very clear that if you're not comfortable going to the games this year, for whatever reason, that you can opt out of your tickets this year, but still be able to keep them in future years. And by the way, that might help them. If they're going to have 25% capacity or 50% capacity, 
that might help them. Let people voluntarily give them up for the year. It, it makes it easier to decide who can come and who can't. Uh, the QB Summit is very, very important because it's for black coaches. And this, I believe, is the biggest issue when it comes to minority hiring is that there's not a great pipeline. Eric Bieniemy and Byron Leftwich are the only two offensive coordinators in the NFL of color. And then you get to the quarterback coach. I think there's like maybe two or three black quarterback coaches. If you look, that is the by far the easiest, best path to being a head coach in the NFL. Quarterback coach, then you're a coordinator, then you're a head coach. And there's just not enough black coaches that are in the pipeline. So I like the fact that they are trying to strengthen the pipeline. As for the memo recommending players not to work out with each other right now, that is interesting on multiple levels. So number one, it makes sense because we've now seen some guys testing positive. Here's the thing. Are they testing positive from working out together? Or did they hang out that night later on? You don't know. But with the college football players testing positive from, you know, especially some of them that are working out together. And then, you know, like I think a, a Niners player that was working out in Nashville, et cetera, it, it seems to make sense to hold off on that until everybody comes back to the facility for training camp and that they get tested. But some guys won't want to do that for competitive reasons. That's what makes it interesting. That That's what makes it uh, something to keep an eye on is that, okay, NFLPA, they're, they're saying the right thing, but do the players end up listening? Really interesting stuff. By the way, that'll do it for a Monster Monday edition of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Again, if you want to actually see what Nolan Rucci looks like, number one, check out my social media, at Ross Tucker NFL, because I posted a picture of it on every platform. I posted a picture of two years ago when he was summer after ninth grade, and he makes me look like a totally old, pathetic piece of crap that I hate, but I post it for the sake of the show. I look soft and pathetic and beardless, and I hate it. But anyway... Uh, I digress. So, but check him out on the YouTube page. Very impressive. Uh, we'll post the link to that a number of times over the next few days. Would love for you guys to subscribe. We don't really know what we're going to do. The College Draft Podcast will be up there today on the YouTube page in its entirety. Probably going to have to try to try to have most of the podcasts up on the YouTube page. Certainly most of our interviews. Um, and we can make it whatever we want to make it. And you guys can chime in with what you'd like us to do with it. Very much looking forward to growing that YouTube page. So please subscribe and please have a beer with me on Wednesday night. Please, please, please. Shout outs to Pizza Boy Brewing, who will probably be supplying my beer for Wednesday night, and DynastyFreaks.com. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.